out of the way before I start preaching today because I have a tendency to tell weird stories and jokes in the middle of serious moments. So I'll tell it on the front end. When I was a uh, kid, I don't know, I was eight or something like that, I had the lead role in a children's ministry production. And um, I was chosen specifically for my body type. And I mean, that's discrimination, right? Um, I felt very objectified. Anyway, I was very skinny, a little eight-year-old kid, very skinny, and the production was about King Jehoshaphat. It was called Fat, Fat Jehoshaphat, <laughs> right? And so within the play, we sang a song at the beginning called Flat, Flat Jehoshaphat. Because the story we're going to talk about today talks about a time where the Israelites, King, uh, King Jehoshaphat, said we're going into a fast. And so the idea is everybody had to go into a fast, and I was super skinny, so I was the flat, flat Jehoshaphat. I mean, yeah, flat, flat Jehoshaphat. This little kid had a crown and everything and a little throne, and I'd sit up there. And, and then at the end, in the, in the celebration of God's goodness, I put a pillow in my belly, and I came out because now I'm fat, fat Jehoshaphat because God provided for Israel. I told you I should have told it right now instead of getting in the message. So you're welcome. Speaking of fasting, I'm doing this intermittent fasting thing. Try to lose a few pounds. I know you say I'm skinny. I don't need to lose any weight. Thank you for that. Thank you for that encouragement. But don't tell Kelly I uh, had a nice bowl of fruity pebbles last night when nobody was looking. I was in the kitchen. I don't believe legalism is of the Lord. Now we pray so I can preach, okay? That's my stand-up routine for today. Bow your heads with me. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for what you've already done. Uh, may we see within the scriptures today, a message of encouragement, a message that will inspire us to keep trusting you, to not pay attention to all the noise that's going on around us, but to keep our focus on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Interestingly enough, in our series, The Prayer of One, it feels like almost we always have conflict going on in the prayer of one. It started with Elijah and the conflict of Elijah against the prophets of Baal. And then we went into last week with Joshua in the conflict of the battle of Gibeon where the sun stood still. And the word we walked out of here last week was to put our necks 
on the kings of the ones that are persecuting us to basically take authority over the enemy. And today we go into another battle, another war zone. Before I get into the message today, I simply was reminded as I prayed that our world is in chaos, and we know that. But as I was praying for peace in Ukraine and praying for God to intervene, which we all should, what we've been talking about on Wednesday night in the pastor's prophecy hour kind of came rushing back in. Because the fact of the matter is, one of two things is going to happen. The Bible tells us that before Jesus returns, before the rapture, there is a great falling away. People leaving the church, people that did not have a, a, a relationship with Christ truly, they, they may have had a semblance of that, but they weren't really committed to Christ. And the Bible tells us that in the end times before the rapture of the church, talks about wars and rumors of wars, famines, pestilences, but it talks about a great falling away. So one of two things is going to happen. In that context, it's not gonna get any better. Things are in motion towards God saying, now is the time that I call my church home. And if that is the case, then things will continue to unravel in our world. We as believers are responsible, We're, uh, we, we have an obligation, a responsibility to pray for peace, absolutely, no matter what. But if that's what's happening, then we should not be surprised if things go from bad to worse. And in Jesus' encouragement, and I now encourage you that when we see these ha things happening, we are to look up and to expect our salvation coming from on high. The other scenario is that God in his mercy gives us another window. Another window in which revival will come. Now, I grew up and, I've, and I, even in, in my own ministry life, I've prayed in, in desperation that Lord, please give us revival, please give us peace, give us revival, give us blessing so we could just reach one more. How many of you guys know God knows who will all be reached and who will not be reached ahead of time? And he knows better than we do. So now it is my prayer, God, should you tarry, should you want it to happen, give peace so we can see revival. So I really am looking that if peace visits the earth again, and this thing kind of settles down, and we have another window, church, I'm telling you, we're gonna need more chairs because revival is on the edge of that. The other thing that we understand historically speaking is that in the middle of chaos and war and, and, and great heartache, people run to Jesus. Did you know the highest attended service in history on Sunday, the highest attendance service since they started counting was the Sunday after the 9-11 attacks. Why? Because people ran to church for answers. 
So I say all that to say this, friends, have your eyes wide open. Be hopeful for God to do great things. Be hopeful for God to restore peace. Be expectant of revival, but do not fear. Do not fear if things go from bad to worse. Respond by looking up because your salvation draws near. Now let's talk about Jehoshaphat, the prayer of one. Second Chronicles chapter 20, I realize there is a lot that you could write down on the note sheet. I'm gonna try to get to all of it. Some of you guys don't care anyway. You've already doodled all over it. That hurts my feelings, by the way, because I find them during the week. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not really. All right. Verse 1, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I need to hurry up. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Minunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army of Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hezmonar. This is another name for Engedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin intermittent fasting. Just kidding, fasting. <laughs> so people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. The call of leadership. All month we've been talking about the prayer of one. Leaders are to lead, and in this context and in this story, we see the king, Jehoshaphat, leading in prayer. The first thing he did after knowing his reality was to pray and to call the people to pray with him. There is power in agreement. We know that. Our first response, our first reaction, our reflex almost as a spiritual person, as someone who serves the Lord Jesus, should be to pray. Most leaders in time of war would rally an army, sharpen their swords, call for a draft. This king called the people to pray, to pray first and to fast, seeking the hand of God to move on their behalf. We start with the call of leadership to pray. Let that be our, all of our first reaction, whether we lead a church or a workplace or a family, or we lead our own decisions in life. Let our first and best reaction to every attack of the enemy be prayer. Number one, the prayer of the king. The prayer of the king. Let's uh, unpack for a moment how Jehoshaphat prayed. In verse 5, it says, Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of all, in front of the new courtyard of the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh, oh our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple in honor of your name. 
The first thing we see is the king approached in worship. We see it in the Lord's prayer when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. Our Father, hallowed, hallowed be thy name. It is an approach in humility. It is an approach that recognizes the greatness of God and our position that we cannot make a demand of he who is above all. We simply can plead, we can ask. So many times we find ourselves in our prayer time running out of time to ask for the things we want, never taking a moment to thank God for who, just who he is. Many preachers have preached a message that he has already done enough. Certainly, we can go to God in prayer and seek him for other things, but the cross is enough for us to give praise for all eternity. The king approached in worship. You and I have to have that posture coming before the king. No one walks into their boss's office and says, uh, by the way, I need this, this, and this, and this, and walk back out. Because if you did, you probably wouldn't work in there very long, amen? Oh, boss, you're a great leader. Have I told you you're doing a great job? I'm excited to be a part of the team. By the way, can I get some of those coffee pods that everybody loves? A little humility goes a long way, and in the prayer of the king, he worships before he asks for anything. The king reminded God's, God, uh, well, king remembered God's promise. This is your land, he said. You gave it to us. Now somebody's trying to take it. You're not gonna let them do that, are you? You see, because the thing is, is God gives good gifts to his people. And the devil tries to steal it, manipulate it, pervert it every single time. He remembered God's promise that that land was their land for the rest of history and future. The king closed in honor. Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. The prayer of the king, worship, remembrance, and honor. Number two, the prayer of the people. After the king prayed, the people chimed in in verse nine. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. And now see that the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when, you left Israel, when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them, did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack. We do not know what to do, but we are looking for you to help. And as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children, these people prayed. First of all, the people prayed in, prayed in faith. They believed that God would, would hear them and rescue them. The people pled their case. 
Sometimes we have the assumption that because God knows, we don't need to say. But that's not a relationship. You see, God wants a relationship with us, which is dialogue. He wants us to speak to him, to share with him what we're feeling, sensing, needing. He wants us to cry out to him. I've, I've said it through this series, I don't know how many times, but every time someone would approach Jesus, he would say, what do you want me to do for you? They could be blind, they could have leprosy. It could be obvious what's the matter with them, but he still asked the question, why? Because he wanted to hear them state their need. In stating your need, you're acknowledging that God can take care of that need. God, you know what I need? Just do it for me. So you're gonna make God do the leg work on checking on what you need? When you know what you need and you express that need to the God of heaven and earth, now God says, now you know that I am the only one that can meet that need. Amen? It's an exercise in awareness of who God is, who we are. The people pled their case. The people asked for help. We're powerless against them. We need your help. I want to emphasize this last one. The men led their families. Verse 13, as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children. We had an exercise in that today at the baby dedication. Men, let me talk to you for just a minute. It's high time that you become the spiritual giant in your house and lead your family. It's God's design. It's God's call. It's your responsibility before the Lord. Yeah, my wife likes to go to church more than once a week. I don't really do that. That's a lot of church for anybody. I am calling out to the men of greater life. Be a man and lead your family. May we have mighty men of faith and power among us that are called, ordained, anointed to lead families. Men, pick up a sword and fight on behalf of your family. Ladies, you also pick up a sword and fight alongside of your man. Amen? Single moms, you ain't alone. You're picking up a sword and fighting the enemy that's in front of you and the Father in heaven will fill in the gaps. Amen? Come on. I ain't fussing to anybody today. I'm begging. I'm pleading. We have opportunity. We have an obligation. We have a calling of the Lord to be the leader in our home. And I just feel like we've got to get to the point that if a burglar were to break into our house, man, we know we'd grab that bat we would grab that thing by the bedside, you know what I'm talking about? We'd take care of business. We would protect our family. I'm telling you, 
There is a burglar that prowls in the night and his name is Satan. And spiritually, you better be ready to fight day in and day out. He is fighting every day to destroy your family. You got to stand up and fight against him in Jesus' name. Number three, the word of the spirit. The word of the spirit. Verse 14 says, the spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. You see, the spirit of the Lord may have not come upon him if he wasn't standing there. You with me? His name was Jehazel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of lots of people. Verse 15, he said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz and at the, end of the, at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. Oh, people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. That was a word of the Spirit, and it was a word that answered their prayer. It was a word that emboldened their hearts, and it was a word that instructed their paths. The word that comes from God is spiritual and practical. It doesn't leave you wondering how you're going to get done what God's called you to do. It gives you exact instructions if you're listening. Number four, the praise before the victory. The praise before the victory. Verse 18 says, Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same. Here again, we have a leader leading his people, worshiping the Lord. Verse 19, Then the Levites from the clans of Koath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the people, <laughs> The king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At that very moment, <laughs> they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to fart, start. Ooh, let's get that one out of the way. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Get that one out of the way. Bunch of middle schoolers in here today. <laughs> that would be a good story. Caused the armies to fart. And the fumes alone destroyed them all. I mean, that would be like, that would be amazing. I'll see y'all tonight. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
Oh, Lord, help us all. <laughs> See, y'all can probably focus again, but I don't know if I can. I'm just not wired that way. I just, I'm picturing. and then start the singing and they hear a noise in the distance. <laughs> what is that? Oh, what is that? Oh my goodness, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, some of y'all needed medicine today and the scripture says that laughter is good medicine. Amen. Amen. Take your medicine. <laughs> Take your medicine. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> I don't know. I got more stuff to say. I just... <laughs> their praise was a prelude. Um, their praise unified them. Their praise was loud and out loud. <laughs> I can't. I told y'all I can't. <sighs> I'm glad we got the soaking tonight. I got a serious word for y'all tonight. It's nothing to do with this. <laughs> Their praise was a weapon. <sighs> I mean, that's good stuff. It's on your note sheet to put it up there. Put, put the four things up there. Just write them down. Just delete the praise was loud one. I mean, delete the weapon one too. I mean, I don't know. Prelude probably too. I don't know. We can probably just, all right. <laughs> Number five. I can't, I, I just can't preach this one anymore. Not, not a single one of them escaped. That was the, the end of the scripture there. Not a single one of them escaped God's great victory. God knows my heart. Number five. King Jehoshaphat and his men, after, they, after the victory and everybody, they fought among themselves. Not a single one of them escaped. Verse 25 says, King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that, they took, that it took them three days to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres, and trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. When all the surrounding kingdoms, catch this, heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every 
side. We do not serve a God who doesn't finish the job. He will finish what he starts. And in the midst of battle, when we are tired, God is still fighting with you. Temptation sometimes for us is when we don't feel it, see it immediately, sometimes the loneliness, the hopelessness kicks in. That is the time we dig down a little bit deeper and we say, by God and his power, I'm gonna keep fighting. By God and his power, I will have rest on every side. By God and his power, the enemy before me will not be able to stand against me. By God and his power, there will not be a single one enemy to survive after God's done with them. Amen? God uses his people. We talked about a sword. May I just encourage you to be the sword of the Lord. Let him use you to attack the enemy in every way for your own family and maybe for someone else. Because how many of you guys understand that people find themselves too weak to fight sometimes? And that's when the church, the body of Christ, rallies together to support one another in faith and in the fight. Tonight, do everything you can to get here. Everything you can. We're going to be talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. When, I, when he says, I'm going to be preaching tonight, it's like a 10-minute thing. Because most of the work is going to happen at the altar. And I believe that God wants to set some people free. I believe he started it last Sunday when you stood to your feet and said, I need breakthrough. And how many of you guys know, because I've talked to some of you, that this week has been a very hard week. When you said, I need breakthrough, the devil's fighting for all he can to keep you from that place. And I'm telling you, the devil's a liar. And he will not win. But it's you who need to choose to pick up the sword and keep fighting. Tonight, we're going to rally together with a very intentional prayer. We're going to open up with our praise, and we're going to praise the Lord Jesus and invite the Holy Spirit to move among us. And then we're going to agree in prayer. And anyone who's tired and anyone who's thirsty, I guarantee by God's power, you'll be satisfied and refreshed. Amen? We have kids ministry. They have their own uh, worship night and activities going on. We'll have all of that going on available to you. I'm just, we do these once a quarter. And last year was probably the first time we it became more than just a song service. Man, the power shows up. <laughs> the Holy Spirit does a work on people. Come seeking and expecting a move that only God could do. Amen? Awesome. Bow your heads with me and let us pray. Lord, thank you for the time that we've had together today in worship as your Holy Spirit showed up and ministered to us. In the word, God, that you've encouraged us and even gave us some joy. 
And I pray, Lord, that you would prepare everyone in this room. Prepare them for what you're going to do throughout their week and even this evening. I pray that there would be a resolve within us that refuses to give up. The stakes are too high and the time is too short. And God, you're calling us to greater things. May we run toward it without fear, knowing God that when we hit that mountaintop and we see the enemy, you have already won. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a good day.